Well, hey, uh, like Jared said, my name is Isaac, and I am just so grateful um, and honored that I get the privilege to spend a couple minutes with you guys tonight. Um, this, this is seriously a cool thing that we get to do. Not a lot of people um, get to gather like this and meet like this. Um, not a lot of people get to praise God like we just did um, in general. But this is cool because as a young adult community, we get to come together like that and praise God. So that, I just think that's such a cool thing that we get to do. Um, and I, I'm just seriously so grateful and so thankful um, that I get the chance to hang out with you guys for a couple minutes tonight. Um, but real quick, can we give a hand for the worship team real fast? We, yeah, we can give it up. That was, seriously, that was incredible. Um, I kind of, I, I was standing over there worshiping and I caught myself um, thinking like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I'm so glad I'm here. But then I was like, oh my word, I hope I accidentally didn't turn my mic on. Like these people, like Lord knows they do not want to hear me sing. Um, but for real, I'm, I'm so honored and, I, and glad that I get to be here uh, tonight. So we're in this series, Change Your World. And, and I feel like a lot of us in here probably have a, a desire to change the world, which is a good thing. That's a desire that a lot of us should, should have in our lives. But in order to change the world, you have to change your world. You have, to, you have to look at how your motives are, how your mind is, how you think in order to make a difference in the world for God. And tonight we're talking about boldness. We're talking about being bold. And I want you to think about this. I want to ask this question. Has there ever been a time in your life where you've thought, I need to be bold right now? Has there ever been a time in your life where you thought, I need to be bold? And in whatever circumstance that looks like, I, like, I don't know what you, what you may you have going on in your life. I don't know what you walked in here with. Maybe you need to be bold in a circumstance Right now, have you ever thought I need to be bold? And, and I think a lot of times, maybe we find ourselves in situations, maybe we're over here and we think, okay, I need to be bold right now, I, I need to go for this, and we don't really follow through with that. Or, or maybe we're on the opposite side where we're like, hey, okay, I need to be bold, I need to be strong, I need to do this, and then we do it. I can think of, of times in my life where I've been on both sides of the spectrum. I, I can think back to eighth grade. Um, when I, I played football in eighth grade. That was the only time I've ever played football before or since then. Um, I was not good at all. I was definitely on the B team. And I remember one day at practice, for some reason, um, coach put me uh, at the linebacker position against the A team. For some reason, I have no idea why. And so I was so confused. I was, I was terrified. And I look at the guy next to me who actually played that position and knew what he was doing. And I was like, bro, what, what am I about to do right now? And he was like, don't worry about it. We're just going through walkthroughs. You're good. And what a walkthrough is, is, is they're going to run the play, but they're not going to go full speed. They're just going to walk through it and everything. And so I'm like, okay, cool, cool. So, so I try to just act like I know what I'm doing. Like I get in some like random stance. Like I'm, I'm like, like I'm looking at the ground right before we're about to start. I don't know why. And so I'm in my stance and I, I hear the coach blow the whistle. And I think we're doing a walkthrough. And so I go from here to just like right like this. And I just start walking. And as I'm looking up, I see this like massive West Texas big boy lineman coming full speed at me. And your boy was not, your boy's not built like a linebacker, okay? And so he's coming full speed at me. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't even know what to think. I am terrified. I'm like, I'm about to die right now. Like this is how I die. And so... <laughs> Like, long story short, I was not bold in that situation. He ended up laying me out about five or six times. They kept doing the play over and over again. I, may, I, I fractured my wrist, okay? That, that was just not a good situation. I did not have boldness there. 
Another, maybe on the other end, like we talked about, where you think you need to have boldness, you need to go for it, and you do, and it's awesome. I've experienced a, a, a similar situation like that in my life, too. And some of you, the story I'm about to tell, you've probably heard me uh, say this before. Um, shout out to Casey Wood, wherever he is in the room. He always makes fun of me uh, for sharing this story. I just think it's a real cool story, and I think it's funny. And not a lot of people get to share the same story, because not a lot of people have experienced this. So a few summers ago, I can remember, um, I, I went to Kenya on a missions trip, um, and if you've, if you've never been on a mission trip, I would encourage you, go to the mission trip on the Bahamas that young adults is, is going on. That mission trips really do change your life. And what was unique about what we got to do on this mission trip, we went to a giraffe feeding center. And what was unique about this place is that what you could do if you wanted to, you could feed the giraffe with your mouth if you wanted to. Um, and And the food they gave you there to feed the giraffes, it was not like the massive pieces of lettuce that they give you that are like this long here in America. It was like a tiny piece of like, it looked like dog food. Like it was so small. And so I have a couple pictures. Can we put the first picture up there of me? This is me pre-impact, okay, feeding this giraffe. And there's so many different thoughts going through my mind right now. I'm, I'm thinking just like right before I got laid out in eighth grade, I might die right now. Like, like this thing might, I don't know if it's going to like eat my face off, if it's going to like slobber all over me. I don't know if it's just going to like wind its neck back and like rock my dome. Like I have no idea what's about to happen. And so we can go ahead and show the next picture real quick. Boom. There it is. Yeah. Aw, right? Some of you may be thinking like that is the absolute worst. Why would you ever want to do something like that? Um, but I, I actually, I would encourage anyone to do it because, you know, you're in Kenya. Like when are you going to get the other chance to feed a drop with your mouth in Kenya. Anyway, that was a situation where I needed boldness and I had it and it was awesome. And, and maybe you felt like that too in your life. Maybe the situation, the season, whatever it is, I, I, once again, I don't know what you walked in here with. Maybe, maybe there's stuff heavy on your heart. Maybe there's stuff heavy on your shoulders. I don't know what it is, but I want to encourage you. You can be bold in your circumstance. And what we're about to look at is we're about to look at a story in the Bible that we can relate to all of us. I, I like to look at this and think of this. I want you to think of this this way as like your boldness playbook. Like God gave us this scripture. It's like, hey, here, here's the place to run. Like if you want to win the boldness game, here's the place to run and you're going to win. And what we're going to look at, we're going to look at this. We're going to look at how we don't let culture or our circumstance, whatever that looks like around us, control our boldness that we have. How we don't let culture, all the noise of the world, everything everyone's saying, people in your life, whether that's you're watching the news, whether people in your class, we don't let what culture standard is or we don't let the circumstance that we find ourselves in control the boldness that we have. If you have a Bible or anything to look up scripture on, go to Daniel chapter 6. We're going to be in Daniel chapter 6 tonight. This is probably a story that a lot of you have heard. It's about Daniel and the lion's den. Um, it's a really popular Bible story, but we, we for real can find, um, Daniel really lays out a great way to live, honestly. Like if we can follow this model, we're going to win whenever it comes to boldness, whatever that looks like. And kind of give context, a little bit of background about what Daniel's life is like and what this story is like. Daniel was moved and uprooted from his home about 700 miles away from where he was taken into captivity. And whenever that happened, he was about our age, probably late, you know, 18, 19, teenage years to 20, early 20, somewhere around there. He was at our age and he was taken to a place where, where the things of God and all of those things like that, those were not encouraged. 
This place was getting farther and farther and leading people farther and farther from God. He was in a culture that pushed him to compromise his faith and his boldness in God. And, and let me ask you, that kind of sounds like our world today to me a little bit, doesn't it? That kind of sounds like what culture pushes us to do. But we're about to find out how to live a bold, godly life and how to win at boldness. So what I, I want us to look at the first couple verses of Daniel. This is, these, these won't be on your screen, but the first like four or five verses, they cover this. So the, this king, King Darius, he, he wants to set out like these 120 provinces, these areas, and he has three guys that he wants to watch over them. And one of them is Daniel. And th this king loves Daniel. Daniel's a faithful worker. Daniel's awesome. And one of the next steps the king says that he wants to do is, is he wants to make Daniel honestly in charge of all this. And he wants to make Daniel like head of the kingdom. That's what he wants to do in his next step. I, and I just think it's interesting to take a time out and pause and look at that. Because Daniel had boldness in a way that earned him respect. Daniel had boldness in a way that earned him respect. He lived a godly life. He honored the truth of God. He honored what God and scripture said was right. But he also lived that out in a graceful way where he could earn respect from other people. Daniel had boldness in a way that earned him respect. And in the verses after that, we see these other high official government guys. They don't really like that Daniel's getting all this attention. They, they don't really like that just because Daniel's so faithful. I literally wrote down that Daniel was like a faithful stud. Like this dude was living such a godly life. Like he was, he was faithful and bold in the way that he lived. And these high officials, they didn't like all this attention. They didn't like that Daniel was going to be put in charge of this whole kingdom. And so they sought to find like a complaint or, or a fault in him. And, and, and at the end of verse 5, this is where they want to find the complaint and fault in Daniel. They say this. They want to find it in connection with the law of his God. So they attacked right from the jump what was most important to Daniel. They wanted to find a fault where it connected between him and God. And we see this. Go to verse 7. Verse 7. This is, this is the compromise, the situation that Daniel faces where he needs to have boldness. Let's read this together. It says this. All the high officials of the kingdom, the perfects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors, are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction. That whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days, except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. So this is the, this is the situation, the compromise Daniel faces. These, these high government people with, with power and influence, they're like, hey, king, we want to make this law where anyone who doesn't pray to you for 30 days, we'll, we'll throw them in lions den. We, lions can have a little snack if they want. If, if they don't pray to you, this is, the, this is the situation in law that Daniel faces. This is the culture that Daniel finds himself in. And, and what I think is interesting, I think we need to know this, that culture's nature is to compromise. Culture's nature is to compromise. Especially like as followers of Jesus, culture's nature it want, wants to lead us to compromise our faith and compromise our boldness and compromise what we know is true just so maybe they can feel a little bit better about themselves or whatever that looks like. But culture's nature is compromised. And that, this is where Daniel finds himself. But verse 10, this is, where, this is where we can find a great way to live. This is where we need to start whenever we're faced with a circumstance or a circumstance that may cause us to compromise. Verse 10 says this. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed... And this is the document talking about the law that, that all these government officials wanted people to pray to the king for 30 days. That's what the document is here. When the document had been signed, 
he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. If you're taking notes or anything, I want you to write this down. Don't let culture cause you to compromise your boldness. Don't let culture cause you to compromise your boldness. Because in this situation, honestly, Daniel had probably every reason to compromise. Maybe the first thing, every, he, looked, he probably looked around and was like, well, everyone else is praying to the king. Like, I mean, everyone else is doing it. Why? Should be okay if I do it. Maybe another reason is like Daniel was in a, in a position of high power. Like he was about to be head over all this kingdom. He probably would have been like, oh, I mean, God, it's, it's only like 30 days. Like, I don't really want to lose my status here. Like, I could pray to you like 11 months out of the year instead of 12. Like, is that cool? Like, Daniel had every single reason to compromise, but this was the first thing that he did. He didn't turn to culture. He didn't turn to what other people were saying. He didn't turn to, to maybe how he felt. He turned, where did he turn? He, he turned to his creator. And whenever you're faced with a compromise in your life or circumstance that may cause you to not be bold, turn to your creator in that, in that circumstance. That's the first thing that we need to do. Because that's where our boldness comes from anyway. That's where we're going to get the strength to be bold anyway. That's where we're going to get filled up anyway is from our creator, not from how we feel or not on our own strength. When you're faced with compromise, turn to your creator. And what was Daniel bold in in, in this situation? Daniel was bold in prayer. Daniel was bold in prayer. And that's what we need to do. That's the first thing we need to do is be bold in prayer in our own lives, however that looks like for you. I thought it was interesting that when I was studying this, verse 10 says that he went to his upper room or upper chamber. Maybe your version says something like that, upper room, chamber, part of his house, whatever that looks like. But in this culture, the upper room where people would pray was meant to be a private prayer made with no intention to impress other people. So Daniel was getting by himself, away from all the noise, away from what everyone else was doing and saying, to be with God. This wasn't meant to impress other people. So let me challenge you with something real quick. We always talk about like, let's be bold for Jesus in public, which I'm not saying that we're not supposed to do that. So don't, don't take that away from this, but let's be bold in public. Let's be bold in private too, with how we live, with, with how we have faith, with how we have a godly life, because this is, what, this is how Daniel was bold. Like this prayer, this upper room was made with no intention to be like, yo, look at me. Like I'm praying, no. This was Daniel connecting with God. And this is so vital for us to be in, in dialogue, in connection with God every day. And the way we pray matters too. Like this can't just be like a monologue, like, all right, God, here's, here's kind of what I want. Um, if you can make that happen, that's great. Um, all right, peace, see you next time. Like that, that, can't, that can't be how that works. Prayer's gotta be, it can't be a monologue, prayer's gotta be a dialogue. Because whenever prayer's a dialogue, that's when we get direction for our next step in life. That's when we get direction for where, where God wants us to go. That's where we get direction for how we need to be bold. Make prayer a dialogue in your life. Say, like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to, to let God know the desires of your heart. We should do that. But I think it's also important to make note, like, we need to say, God, you, you know my desire. You know what I want. But what's your will right now? Like, help me find that. Help me have boldness to seek that and, and follow that with everything I have. Make prayer a dialogue. Because when prayer is a dialogue, that's when we get direction for our life. We're going to skip down a little bit to verse 16. And kind of in between this, the, the other high officials and government people, they, they catch Daniel praying to God. They catch Daniel praying to God that's not King Darius. So they go tell him, they're like, hey, we, uh, we found someone praying 
to God, to God and someone that's not you. And King Darius is like, oh, well, who is it? And they're like, it's your boy. It's Daniel. And King Darius does not like that. Like he's restless on, on trying to find a way to, to, to have Daniel not be able to go in the lion's den. He's fearful for Daniel. Because why? Because we talked about earlier, he loves Daniel. Daniel's his guy. Daniel's the next guy to take over this whole kingdom. And I think there's a couple things that we can see in verse 16, and we're about to be in verse 22 that we can connect as well. Verse, six, verse 16 says this. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the lion's den. The king declared to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually, highlight serve continually, may your God whom you serve continually deliver you. Now, now this verse takes place after the king just tried to save Daniel. Like he just tried to get him out of this situation. Let, let's skip down to verse 20 after that. This was, verse 20 takes place after he leaves Daniel right here in the lion's den. He goes home at night, he can't sleep. He's like tossing and turning. He's like, I just, he just doesn't want Daniel to die because D- Daniel's his dude. So verse 20 says this. This is talking about King Darius. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve, there it is again, served continually, been able to deliver you from the lions. And that's that connection that we can see there in verse 16 and verse 20. The king even knew that Daniel served God continually. And I think it's important to know, like, people are going to notice around you, the people that surround you, the people that you're in class with, your family, they're going to know whenever you don't compromise. People are gonna know whenever you're, you're living like Daniel, when you're bold, whenever you serve God, people are gonna know that. And we can't let other people's actions or, or opinions about us determine how bold we are. We can't let people's opinions or actions overtake what the truth of God's word says and overtake what God says about us. Because the, the king, in verse 16, the king like left Daniel, he's like, all right, like may the God whom you serve continue to deliver you. And Daniel could have easily saw that and was like, and, and think in his mind, okay, maybe I, maybe I should just give in right now. Maybe I should just compromise my faith. Maybe I should, even though what I know is right is over here and I, and I know I need to stay over here, maybe I should compromise and just pray to this king so I can get out of this situation. We can't let people's actions or opinions or what they say determine how bold we are. And I love how, how it just mentions serve continually. Like, people are gonna see that in you. People are gonna see that in you. So I wanna challenge you, be a person where people see that boldness that's in you. Live in such a way where people are like, whoa, that person, like, they're living, they're different than everyone else. They're living a different way that I've never really seen before. Like, they're, they're bold. Be a person where people see the boldness that's in you. And when we're serving God continually, when we're living that out, when we're living in a way where we're bold for God, doing that allows us to, to, to continue and to come into the fullness of God, into the fullness of the plan that he has for us if we're serving him continually. Because we can't be like halfway in and halfway out, like, you know, kind of just pick and choose whenever we want to serve God. Like we can't live, this can't be like some casual or like convenient or, or just whenever we want type of thing. Like we got to be all in. Be like Daniel and let's serve continually. Like we got to live this way because other people are going to see this because you're a leader. Whether you, I don't know if some of you know that or not. You're, you're a leader wherever you are. 
You are here tonight, you are in your classroom, you are at that college, you are on that campus, you are in that dorm room, you are in this season of life surrounded by those specific people on purpose, for purpose. And and none of that is by accident. And God has chose that for you to lead those people in such a way for your good and God's glory ultimately. So be a person where people see the boldness that's in you. Verse 21 through 23, let's read these together. It says this, verse 21. Then the king, then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me, because I was found blameless before him, and also before you, O king. I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him. Highlight this part if you can, or highlight this whole verse, this last part is so good. Because he had what? Because he had trusted in his God. Because he had put his boldness, his faith, his hope, his everything in who? Not his feelings. Not what other people are saying. Not not what his circumstance may cause him to want to do. He put it in God. And the next thing is this. Yeah, we need to be bold in prayer. Let's be bold in faith too for whatever that situation is whatever that circumstance is. And when we're living this out, because those situations and those, those times of compromise, like they're gonna, they're gonna happen, they're gonna show up. And we might not like it sometimes. And what we have to do, we have to make that decision before we even get there that we're gonna be bold in faith. We gotta make that decision that we're, even before we're in that situation of compromise, to be bold in how we live and in how we show other people Christ and how, how we have boldness in our life. We have to make that decision because in the moment, you may think now, Psh, I got that. Like, I'm, I'm bold, I'm a bold person, I can do that. People around me, yeah, they're, they're doing their own thing. I, dude, I'm not gonna give in, don't worry about it. We're not as strong as we think we are on our own. But with God's strength, we can overcome that. You have to make that decision before you even get there to be bold. And, and we can't let our, our feelings and how we feel about our certain circumstance or what culture is saying or everything like that control how bold we are in faith. Like we can't let our feelings override our faith. Like, like picture it like this, like we can't like toss the, the, the feelings and the emotions uh, of, of our life, it, like they, they can't like drive the train, like they can't drive. Like we can't toss them the keys and be like, all right, you're in the driver's seat. We, we can't do that. Because whenever, like we, whenever we rely on our feelings and how we feel that, that could possibly take us to places where we don't wanna go, that ultimately will probably cause us to not be bold in a circumstance and in a place where we know we need to be. We, we can't give the keys of our life to our emotions and let them drive. We just can't do it. I love this quote, I saw this quote this past week by Mike Todd, who's a, a pastor of Transformation Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He says, he says this, these are his words, do not let the filter of your feelings become the focus of your faith. Like we can't let how our feelings are and how we feel about a certain situation, whether that's through what people are telling us, whether that's through what all of our culture is doing or saying or how they're acting, we can't let that be our filter for how bold we are in faith. And, and I, like that's a hard thing to do. I'm not saying this is, I'm not above all this. Like I don't, I'm saying we we just can't let those win because those are ultimately not gonna lead us to have boldness in faith. And and I wanna read these, these last couple verses within this section because I think these 
right here, these can be applied to every single one of us, no matter what college we're at, no matter what campus we're at, no matter what our burdens are on, on our shoulders or on our heart right now. These, th these verses that I'm about to read, th this can like, I want this to like motivate you. Like I want you to picture your situation in your mind right now whenever you see these and whenever you read these, like, all right, let's go. Like it's go time. We're gonna read verses 25 through 28. Let's read these together. It says this. Then King Darius wrote to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Reading those verses, I want you to take a second and just imagine something real quick with me. In this section, this king, this verse literally says, this king wrote to all people's nations and languages that dwell in the earth. He wrote to all of them about the living God that Daniel served continually. He wrote to all, like, he wanted all these people to fear and serve and love the, the true one living God that Daniel served and that we serve. That's, that's what the king wrote to all these people. And I want you to imagine in your circumstance, like, like how, much, how much you could have an influence and how much you could have an impact. Because one step of boldness can bring life change for people in you and in other people that you come in contact with. Maybe there's just this situation in your life that you, you're like kind of over here. You're like, I don't know if I should. I, you're, you're like dipping your toes in the water. I don't know. Take that step of boldness because that, that can bring life change for people's eternity. Like, we're, like what we want to make a difference for, this matters. This matters not just right here, but this matters in eternity. And one step of boldness can bring life change. And maybe you're just nervous. Maybe you're scared about, about if I take that next step, what does that look like? What do those details look like? How can I even do that? Just take that one next step. If, if, you're, if, if you're like me, I tend to look past that one next step and I'm like, what about the 50th? Like, like I wanna know about that. But, but take that one next step and God's gonna work out all those details. We don't gotta worry about that. Obedience is our job. Outcome is God's job. So, so we just have to take that one next step because we can bring life change to people. So we see this story about Daniel. And you may be sitting there thinking, oh, that's cool, that's awesome, bold, yeah, let's go. Like, but why should I? Like, why does that even matter in my life? Like, like why does this matter to me? And I have a few verses that I wanna share with you that I think it can change your perspective and help you want to be bold in this circumstance. First one, 2 Corinthians 3, 5 through 6. If you have these in your Bible or on your phone, please highlight them. These are so good for us to apply to our life right now. 2 Corinthians 3, 5 through 6. And then we're gonna look at verse 12. It says, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. I love how verse five says, hey, our sufficiency is from God. Like our worth, our definition is not from people. It's not how we, we might even think about ourselves in our mind and in our heart. That comes from God because he wants us to be bold and share this with other people. Look at verse 12. It says, since we have such a hope, 
we are very bold. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Since we have this hope in Jesus that can bring life change, that can give us strength, that can bring hope, joy, and everything, we have that. And we gotta, we gotta do it now. Like, we got to share this boldness with other people. Since we have this hope, we're bold. Next verse, Acts 17, 26. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling places. talking about God. Maybe you're thinking, I I can't be bold right now just because of where I'm at. And when I graduate, I'll be bold. When When I get out of this class, yeah, I'll be bold. When I get my first job, I'll be bold. When I, when I get that boyfriend, girlfriend, when I get married, yeah, I'll be bold. You know, God, God determined and, and put you in the place, like we talked about earlier, where you are now. Like, you can make a difference right now. Like, you don't have to wait. Like, God wants you to be bold for him right now. And if that's holding you back from being bold, let me, let me encourage you. Like, God is with you and he placed you there on purpose for a purpose. Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Maybe you, you, you don't want to be bold because there's fear in you. And let me tell you, I've been there. I feel that all the time. That's a normal thing to, to feel. I bet everyone's hands would go up in here if we said, hey, have you ever felt scared about something like that before? Everyone's hands would go up. But we don't have to fear because God is with us every single place that we go. He was with us and he's here with us now and he's going to be with us later. God is with you. That's why you can have boldness. Next verse. This is one of my all-time favorite verses. Highlight this, star this, circle all, all around this. This is so good. John 16, 33. John 16, 33 says this. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. This is Jesus talking. In me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. So right here, Jesus is saying, hey, like, there's going to be things in your life that come up. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations that you're, you're not going to like. Like, there's going to be tribulation that you're not going to like, and it's going to come up. But what else does he say? But, but the, those two words, take heart. But take heart. And take heart means to have hope in, to have confidence in. Take heart. Why can we take heart? Here's what he says. I have overcome the world. And Jesus has not only overcome the world, like he, he's overcome your situation, he's overcome everything. Like you, you may see this situation where, where you're trying to have boldness in your circumstance and, and, just, and it's just clouding your mind. It's just clouding your mind. That's all you can think about. It's just clouding your whole entire way you think, way you act, way you live. I want you to think about it this way. Think, think of your life as a whole paper you'll write for a class and those things can be long. So think of it as a whole paper. But, but I, this circumstance that, that you may be wrestling with, it may be on your heart and on your shoulders and it's a burden in your life. This circumstance in the whole plan and picture God has for you, this is like paragraph two, line three, word five. Like this is such a small thing in comparison because God is with you and God is not, God has already overcome your situation. You may be in the storm, this is all you may see. God sees the storm, he sees above it and he also sees over it too. And he wants you to walk with him in that. That's why we can be bold. So maybe, what, what is it for you? What is your next step of boldness? I, I want you to just think about that in your life for a second. What is your next step of boldness? What is keeping you from that? 
Maybe, maybe you're just timid in your faith. Maybe you may be a, a bold person around everyone. You know, life, life of the party loves to have fun, but, but it's hard for you to have spiritual conversations. Maybe you're timid in faith. Maybe it's prayer like we talked about earlier. Maybe you need to be bold in the way that you pray, in praying for others. Maybe in asking them, hey, how can I pray for you? Because that takes boldness. That's not a lot of what people are doing. Maybe it's the way you pray, making your prayers a dialogue instead of a monologue. Maybe it's your past. Maybe you're sitting here and you walked in and you have a past that you're not proud of. And let me tell you, I'm in that boat too. And so are a lot of people in the room. Maybe you have a past you're not proud of. Let me encourage you. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. That's gone. Behold, the new has come. You're a new creation in Christ. Your past does not define you. Like, like that doesn't make you second tier to God's love. Like, that doesn't make you second tier to how he can use you today, right now, and how he wants to use you in the future. Don't let your past define you like that. Maybe right now you're kind of mad at God. Maybe you're like in a season of no. You want to go fat. You want to move. You want, you're like, God, why are you doing these things? You might be in a season of no instead of a season of go. But I want to encourage you. God's no right now is always connected to a better yes. The no that you may be thinking, that's all you can think about. Like you might be trying to run to something, whatever that is. And God's telling you, hey, well, well walk. Walk with me. I need to work some things out of you. I need to work some hurts, some things in your mind out of you before I can get you that. But I want you to walk with me and make a difference and be bold with the people that you're around right now. Maybe it's relationships for you. Maybe it's that friend group that you know you probably shouldn't be hanging with that's keeping you from being bold. Maybe it's that relationship, that boyfriend, girlfriend, where, you, where you're, you're, you're doing hidden things that, that no one really knows about that you know you probably shouldn't be doing and you're thinking, man, there's no way God can still use me because of that, how I'm living right now. There's no way I can be bold on that. Maybe it's just getting right with God. Maybe you're in just a season of, of hidden sin, hidden things. On the, on, whenever you come to church and on the outside, you just put on this mask like everything's awesome, but on the inside, you're just hiding things and, and, and you're broken and you, and you just feel like there's no hope for you and, and you just can't live for God because all of that is hidden inside you. Maybe for you, your next step of boldness is starting a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you hear about this Jesus guy that did some cool miracles that helped people be bold. Maybe you hear some of your friends talk about them. If you're watching online or in here, maybe you're hearing that. Maybe that's what your next step of boldness is, is starting a relationship with him. Because Jesus was bold in the way he lived and everything he did. And he boldly went to a cross for you. And every single person in this room and every single person watching online, he boldly went to the cross for you and he was thinking about you up there. And he nailed your past, present, and future sins on the cross because he wants a relationship with you. Because he loves you. And he wants to spend eternity with you. And that's the beauty of the gospel and the cross because all of us have messed up before and guess what, we're gonna mess up again. 
but the cross offers so much grace and freedom and love that we can freely accept from Jesus because this is a free gift that he gives to us. Because honestly, today, right now, in the culture we live in, following Jesus is the boldest way to live, but it's ultimately the best way to live. Following Jesus, that's a bold thing to do right now. You look around at our whole world and our whole culture, not a lot of people are living this way. It's the boldest way to live, but it's the best way to live. Why? Because we have hope in that. We, we can have joy in that. We can have boldness in that. So maybe that's your next step is starting a relationship with him. Would you be bold and do that? Romans 10, 9 through 10, says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes and is justified. With the mouth, one confesses and is saved. It's that easy. God wants to meet you right where you are. And it's not just a prayer that that you may have heard people talk about or maybe you experienced when you're younger, something like that. Not that prayer doesn't save you. It's believing in God that he went to the cross for you and died and rose again three days later so you could have a relationship, a hope with and, and spend eternity with him because he loves you. As we close, I'm gonna ask everyone to bow their heads.